0: And welcome to you, especially if you've joined us since the start. Uh, my name is Adrian, I lead the church here, and thank you so much to you guys, Tim and the band, for leading us. Well, uh, Julia and I have got four children, they're all actually here uh, this morning. And when they were small, my wife told me about an amusing conversation. One of our children had come up to her and asked, Mummy, why is it that Daddy so often has his collar turned up? "Mummy, it looks weird." And she replied, "Well, dear, that's because in the 1980s, it was considered fashionable in the 1980s to have your collar turned up. But mummy, it's not the 1980s anymore." Yes, dear, but Daddy doesn't realize that. My children are a gift because they point out how foolish I am and because of the questions that they ask. For example, we've got friends called Mark and Karen and they would say their whole lives have been changed for the better because of questions that their children asked them. We met Mark and Karen 23 years ago. We were living in Reigate and we were invited to move from Reigate to Birmingham, and uh, this was to work for a church in Birmingham. And what happened was we sold our house in Reigate quite quickly, and it was six weeks before our house in Birmingham was available. So we actually had nowhere to live for those six weeks because somebody else was living on our house in Reigate because we'd sold it. And so, believe it or not, this family in our new church in Birmingham, Mark and Karen, they said, come and live with us. And I mean, I was a bit amazed uh, by the uh, generosity of their offer. I said, great, uh, just so you know, we have got a daughter. She's one and a half. She's called Esther. And just so you know, my wife is 32 weeks pregnant with our second child. They said, no problem. Come and live with us We've got a whole floor of our house that we're not using. And so this was their house. And well, this actually isn't exactly... This is two doors down because uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should change the names and show you a different house just because you know, I don't know if any burglars watch YouTube. But anyway, this is very similar. But it, trust me, the house looked really, really, really like this. This is two doors down. Okay. So I say to Mark, look, what do you do? He said, well, I, I buy businesses and I kind of... Uh, do them up, and then I kind of sell them on. I said, oh, well, where do you do that? He said, I do it in Italy, Spain, France, and Croatia. I said, um, do you, uh, how long have you and Karen been Christians? He said, 18 months. I said, that's interesting. What happened 18 months ago? And Mark said, well, Karen and I had traveled the world. We've had this amazing life. But our kids started asking us questions that we couldn't answer. I said, like what? Well, he said, my son asked me, Daddy, how come there's something rather than nothing? What do you mean, son? Well, Daddy, the chair's there because somebody made the chair. Daddy, the clock's there because somebody made the clock. Daddy, the universe is there. How come, Daddy? How come the universe is there? Mark replies, Uh... I don't know, I I, I guess the universe just happened. Pause. What do you mean, Daddy? You mean the universe came into existence all by itself for absolutely no reason at all? Well, yeah, says Mark, I guess that's what I mean. Pause. So, Daddy? Yes, son? Why don't other things pop into existence for absolutely no reason at all? bicycles just pop into existence suddenly for no reason at all daddy why don't skyscrapers just pop into existence suddenly for no reason at all daddy why don't trains just pop into existence daddy what's so special about universes pause daddy yes son daddy when i go into the bathroom to do my teeth why doesn't a giraffe just suddenly pop into existence in the bath Daddy, when I go into my bedroom last thing at night, Daddy, why doesn't a million pounds ever pop into existence on my bed? Daddy, yes, son? Do we believe in God? Mark answered, I don't know, son. And I haven't ever really had a reason to think about it until now. Mark's wife, Karen, describes this conversation, the conversation I've just told you, to one of the parents at the school gate, at the primary school. And this parent, the lady at the school gate, one of the other mums, she says, oh, she says, there's a course for that. There's a course for that. It's called the Alpha Course. And you you, you know, learn about God and Christianity and all that. Well, blow me down. Mark and Karen go on this Alpha course. And Mark and Karen become Christians And then they joined a church, just happened to be the same church that we were moving to join in Birmingham. That's how we met Mark and Karen. That's how come we ended up living in their house for six weeks. Mark and Karen would say that children are a gift from God. Jesus said that he was a gift from God. My story is that I didn't believe that. I didn't go to church. Then I met somebody from Wimbledon Baptist Church and through them I actually met hundreds of people who genuinely believe that Jesus is alive today. This is the first car that I ever drove. It's a red 1985 Volkswagen Polo. And it was sitting in the back of this car that for the first time in my life, I opened the Bible and read something in it. And to be honest, I expected to find that Jesus was, would be a, like a nice bloke who said nice things. To be honest, I actually thought it would be rather boring reading the Bible. So the first time I read, I only read for 10 minutes thinking it would be boring. I actually opened the New Testament at random, and I read from one of the biographies of Jesus. And in the bit I read at random, it just so happened that Jesus was having a row. Jesus was having an argument with his opponents, who are called the Pharisees, and that was a surprise, because I thought, if he's a nice bloke who says nice things, why would anybody want to have an argument with Jesus? And so, even that was a surprise. But they, the Pharisees, were arguing with Jesus because of what Jesus was claiming about himself. Do you know, I sneaked back into the red Volkswagen Polo increasingly often for secret Bible reading. I didn't want anybody to know that I was reading the Bible. And over the next few weeks, I discovered six things that Jesus said about himself. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm basically what you need. If you're hungry, Jesus said, come to me. I'm like, the basis, the staple, and the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. Now, that was a surprise to me. I thought Jesus would say something like, well, God is like the sun, and me? Well, I'm just a humble carpenter from Galilee. I guess I'm like the moon. I kind of reflect the brightness of the sun to people. No. Jesus didn't claim to be the moon. He said, no, I'm not the moon. Jesus said, I'm the sun. I am the light of the world. Jesus said, people are living in darkness. Hey, you lot in darkness, good news. I'm here. I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the door. That was another surprise. I thought Jesus would say, well, you know, there are many ways. There are many paths. I guess I'm like a door. No, Jesus said, I'm the door. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I will look after you. I care about you. Trust me, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. At the grave of his friend Lazarus, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone lives and believes in me, even if that person dies, they'll live. Jesus predicted that he would be killed and that three days later he predicted he'd physically rise from the dead. He said, there's a barrier between God and people and I'm going to burst through that barrier of death and everyone who puts their trust in me, just as I beat death, they will too if you trust in me. I am the resurrection and the life, he said. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. I wonder if you've ever seen the musical... Les Miserables. It's based on a book by a man called Victor Hugo. In it, there's a criminal called Jean Valjean, who is a bitter man. It's set at the time of the French Revolution. And Jean Valjean has spent 19 years in prison for stealing bread. And he's just been released after 19 years in jail. He's got nowhere to stay. And he's taken in by a kindly bishop. He's given a meal. And in the middle of the night having been given a bed for a night Jean Valjean creeps downstairs in the night he steals six silver plates from the bishop he steals the bishop's silver ladle and he creeps out with all this clanking silver under his coat and of course the next day you can imagine what happens the very next morning he's interrupted by the police and all the silver falls on the floor And the police say, so what's your explanation? This silver looks suspiciously like the bishop's silver. And Jean Valjean says, well, yes, it actually is the bishop's silver. Jean Valjean says, the bishop gave it to me as a gift. A likely story, says the captain of the guard. Hey, Jean Valjean, why don't we go back with the bishop's silver to the bishop's palace? Let's ask the bishop whether either you stole his silver or whether it was a gift. Let's ask him. So they go back to the bishop's palace, and the bishop comes and greets them. And the captain of the guard says, Your grace, your grace, um, your grace. Jean Valjean here, this felon, this criminal, he claims that you gave him your six silver plates and the silver ladle. And the bishop says, yes, that's right. The bishop says, but Jean Valjean, I not only gave you my silver plates and my silver ladle, but Jean Valjean, I wanted you to have the candlesticks as well. Did you forget them? Did you forget the candlesticks, he says? And then the bishop looks at the captain of the guard, who's incredibly embarrassed, and says, officer, is there a problem here? And the officer of the guard is so embarrassed, he says, well, well, I guess not. And so the police kind of go off looking a bit crestfallen and embarrassed. And then there's this amazing scene. As Jean Valjean is there, trembling before the bishop. And the bishop gives him the candlesticks as well. Jean Valjean is speechless. And in the book, the bishop says, Jean Valjean, my brother, with this silver... I've ransomed your soul and I'm giving you back to God that's the book and in the musical the bishop sings (laughs) but remember this my brother see in this some higher plan you must use this precious silver to become An honest man, by the witness of the martyrs, by the passion and the blood, God has raised you out of darkness. Your soul's been saved by God. You know, this morning I was actually practicing that bit of the sermon. And my wife was in, upstairs, she said, "Are you going to sing in this morning's so I said, "Well, yeah, I think I think I am." Yeah. But the point is, as he says, have the candlesticks as well. That's the moment when Jean Valjean's life is transformed. Have the candlesticks as well. They're silver just like the rest. There's an inward change. That's what God says to you and me this morning. Have the candlesticks as well. Yes, as well as the silver plates, as well as the ladle. Have the candlesticks. They're precious. In the book, the candlesticks are like Christ. Valuable, precious, important silver. It's that gift, the gift of the candlesticks that transforms Jean Valjean and he becomes a different person. This morning, God says to you and me, the gift of Christ is like those candlesticks. Have the candlesticks as well. Maybe the band would like to come and join me. When interviewed about the book, Victor Hugo said this, life's greatest happiness is to be convinced you're loved. To be convinced that you're loved by a God who loved you so much that he sent his only son. That Jesus, when he died on the cross, was actually taking all of the punishment for all of the sins of everyone who would ever believe. That there, as he hung there on the cross in death and blood, he was actually being punished for all of the wrong things that I've done. For all of the wrong things of everyone who ever trusts in him. He takes the punishment instead of me in our place as a substitute instead of us. So that you can be free. Hey, have the candlesticks as well. So that you can walk free knowing that amazing freedom, that inward change that Jean Valjean experienced. That's what happens at the cross. All of our sins can be forgiven and we receive the free gift of Jesus Christ. Have the candlesticks as well. The gift of Jesus Christ. This is the gift of Jesus Christ that this morning we commend to our children. This is the gift that we give them as we give thanks for that. Hey, don't click off just yet. I just wanted to thank you so much for watching this message. My name's Josh, I'm part of the team here at The Beacon. And if this video has impacted you in any way, why not share it with a friend? You know, we exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. If you go down to the description below, you'll find our attachments with all the information that you need. If you'd like to give to support us to the work that we do, that is the place where you can do that. That's it from me. Have a great day.